How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. WGR Sports Radio 550. It's time to take a look inside high school sports. Now, here's your host, Tony Caligiri. Brought to you by Mighty Taco. Mighty Taco would go great right about now. By Minio and Sapio Italian Sausage. Taste the difference quality makes. And by Dent Neurologic Institute. Developing solutions to neurological problems faced in our community. Good morning and welcome to Inside High School Sports. I'm your host, Tony Caligiuri. Joining me this week is Roger Weiss. Frank Wolf has the morning off. He's taking care of his son. Uh, hopefully he feels better, Frank, and we will catch you next week. Hey, Rog. Morning, y'all. <laughs> it's just me today. Nice try last week, but I mean, they knew who was saying hello and who wasn't. Well, that was from you. I mean, it was just I was just passing it on uh, for, from you. Uh, let's see, what are we doing today? Rogers All-Star Selections. We'll have that a little bit later on in the show. And we have a neat interview lined up. Uh, Felice Mann, uh, the, uh, one of the greatest lady basketball players to come out of the city. We're going to talk to her, find out uh, about her career. We're going to do that. But before we get into all of that, Roger, news and notes. But you had a comment. You said something that you wanted to bring up about the football schedule. Yeah, uh, I don't know if you want to call this the tease and all that. I've just seen the football schedules, the layouts. Uh, oh, you, by the way, you could uh, if you want to see it, it's on our Facebook page, Inside High School Sports. It's pinned to the top. Uh, you'll be able to check it out. That's the This is the final edition. I mean, we're down to 64 teams in what it was now Section 6. What was it, like over close to 80 teams when we started It was this? 78, not counting them on Senior Martin right. as recently as 10 years ago. Now you take out the uh, since the Harvard Cup uh, teams have joined uh, Section Six football and all that, they are half of those teams are no longer in existence as an entity. Most of them are combined. The only remaining ones are South Park, uh, Hutch Tech, McKinley, Burgard, <sighs> Bob Bennett, which is a combined super combined team. Uh, the only ones that aren't combined, I think, is um, McKinley. I You're believe. probably right. Uh, like I say, Bennett's got Riverside and half the schools that are out. Uh, I believe uh, Math, Science, Technology, Knee, Seneca Vocational is combined with Burgard. But uh, what I've seen on there, and it just boggles my mind, and I guess it's not a section decision. I guess it must be a decision within the... Uh, respective classes, classifications in all other words. B can do it one way, A can do it another way, double A another way. Because what totally uh, does not uh, compute with me, for example, double A this year has 11 teams. They're going down to one division. And that was from the coaches. The coaches wanted that. Okay. Section C, on the other hand, only has 10 teams. They have two divisions. So they basically each division plays a whole league schedule to eliminate one team. If class double A can go with eleven, I don't see why class uh, C can't go down to uh, 
110 team division. <clears throat> Likewise, over in Class B, they have three, uh, three, three divisions, divisions of six teams each. I don't understand it at all. That why can't they have two nine-team divisions? My personal belief on it, and I think I'll elaborate on it when we have a football discussion. I really think Section Six would seriously consider going back to an eight-game league schedule. Only four teams play the semis. Winners of the semis move on to the Ralph. Hmm. It just it's heck. Uh, you could have a situation a team where it could be. Six and six, and end up playing for the state championship at the dome, and I, I just don't see that. We'll see. We'll get somebody uh, in here and, and talk about it someday. Set me straight, right? Set you straight, Raj. That's what we do here. All right. I wanted to pass off a few things. Uh, Eden Junior Raiders football and cheerleading. They are kicking off their season. They have early registration. And uh, if you're interested, April 1st from 10 a.m. to noon at Legion Post. Uh, April 29th, 10 to noon at Legion Post. May 6th, 10 to noon, Blaisdell Pizza, 4837 Southwestern Boulevard in Hamburg. June 3rd, 10 to noon at Lock Sporting Goods in the McKinley Mall. And on June the 10th, 10 to noon at Lakeview Firehouse, 2005 Lakeview Road, uh so go out there if you're interested in playing for Eden uh, Junior Raiders football and cheerleading. I had a chance to uh, I had a, a conversation with one of the coaches there the other day, and it was fantastic conversation. Uh, he's a coach that gets it, and what I mean by gets it is he knows what a coach a youth sports coach responsibility is what we're there for is and that is to uh, teach the kids how to play the game football safely. And for them to have fun, and by having fun is that uh, they want to return, that they want to keep playing. You don't want to burn kids out. And Rick and I had this great conversation about that. We're both on the same page. And by the way, Eden is a proud member of USA Football, heads up football just like we are in NASA. Uh, and uh, this is this is what we need. And, you know, league's doing things the right way. Probably going to have him on uh, sometime in the future, invite some other coaches and talk about uh, the role of a youth coach in today's climate. And uh, I think that'll be a lot of fun. And guess what, Raj? He played at Kenmore West. And you want to know what university he played at? Notre Dame? No, Michigan. Oh. <laughs> he played for Bo. So he's got to be a great guy. It was a great conversation. I look forward to it. Thank you. Uh, let's see here. From Frank Wolf, he couldn't make it today, so he wanted me to pass on News and Notes School fundraiser this week. Today from 4 to 7, Kenmore East Softball is hosting the Chevetta's Barbecue at the high school. Uh, Amherst Ooh. Boys, I know, Raj. Oh. <laughs> Amherst Boys Lacrosse, this Wednesday from 4.30 to 7.30, there's a spaghetti dinner and basket raffle at the school. Let's see, uh, we already went over the uh, Section 6 football schedule is out. Uh, St. Francis of Canisius, they released their football schedules. Uh, Canisius St. Joe's, that'll be Saturday, September 23rd at Stransky Field. I uh, see. September another, 23rd? September 23rd. Oh, isn't that that's kinda, early. That's early for Canisius and Joe's. I thought they were somewhere near Rivalry Week. 
Yeah, usually maybe the week before or week after. No, week after it usually was. Yeah, the, yeah, because usually they didn't want to conflict with. Although now with most of the rivalries, and I don't know if you looked at that schedule, Anthony, but uh, you saw, you noticed that they actually moved some games from the original schedule that was out maybe a month and a half ago. They had to move some games for Thursday night because there was literally, like you got some Saturdays, there was just only three games. I know. Well, uh, who's going to officiate these games? On Friday night. Well, what that means is that it frees up little leagues to start scheduling games on Saturdays, at least more games, because referees will be available. Yeah, uh, Thursday night might become a regular uh, thing around here in the next few years, because like I say, all well, these... you know, look at it this way, Raj. College football is, is trying to push or trying to get into high school territory by playing on Friday nights. We see a lot of the MAC schools. So, you know, where's the, uh, the chance for the high schools to stand out during the week to be the thing to look at? And, you know, yeah, so- that's what ruined uh, pro basketball here in western New York because, you know, the Braves were stuck with having to play their home games. On their, you know, weekend home games were on Friday night. And, uh, you know, that was in such a conflict with high school basketball even 40 years ago. Uh, hope that doesn't come that way. You know, football doesn't go that route. Thursday nights, they have Thursday night football Yeah, the NFL now. has it. The college uh, has it. I mean, you look at footballs now on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, UB and had Monday. a couple of Tuesday night games just for ESPN3 or ESPNU or ESPN whatever. I don't like it. I really don't. I, I'm a traditionalist. I like things the way they used to be. It worked back then. You had uh, high schools on Friday nights. Colleges were on Saturday. Pros were Sunday and Monday. Yeah, and uh, I don't know if it has to do with expenses and all that. Uh, I would think some schools, uh, well, Olean used to do it, and I think they're doing it at least once this year. Uh, of course, St. Francis, uh, Jerry Smith, whenever possible, will schedule his Get home game on a Saturday night because it's the only game in town. Right, and that's smart. Uh, you know, I I just like the way it used to be. I think it, it's better. But now you look at with all the TV money, the networks are trying, you know, they're paying big fees to carry these conferences. So they're trying to make money, and they want to air as many commercials as they possibly can. So they spread it out throughout the week. Yep, and now it's biting the NFL. Now the NFL's like, oh, maybe we need to cut back on commercials because people aren't watching as much. I mean, you have to invest three and a half hours uh, on a Sunday to watch an NFL game. And depending on which game and all that. and it High school's usually over just over two hours. Yeah, and now they can also, uh, you know, DVR it or whatever and all that and still watch the game and fast forward and through the commercials and all that. All right, another uh, fundraiser to announce, Maryvale Football. They're having a meet raffle on April the 29th. Uh, Bowman Cup results from Wednesday. The Section 6 juniors lost to Section 5 Rochester, but Section 6 seniors defeated Section 5 Rochester team Wednesday. And uh, that's that from from Frank. So, uh, And, I, you know, i got to pass this along. You're going to like this one, Raj. Uh, one of the guys, the head coach, of uh, of our team that was coming up, the Niagara Falls Cobras, where Nick and I have moved up. Uh, the head coach is at Notre Dame going to a coach's clinic. Him and uh, uh, he and one of the other coaches from our league. 
And I like, so I've seen these pictures. Like, where, where are you? Guys? Oh yeah, we're at Notre Dame. Like, how cool! Posted a picture with him and Matt Patricia, defensive coordinator from the Patriots. I didn't recognize him without his hat backwards. <laughs> but there he is with a big old Super Bowl ring. And uh, he said, "It's just, great." Just one Super Bowl ring? Well, that's all he he brought to this clinic. Oh. And uh, I don't know if you've heard of Legends uh, Restaurant or something like that outside of Notre Dame. Have you ever gone there? Is that uh, is that the one where that's a place to be on St. Patrick's Day or something like that? I think so, or something like that. It's very uh, popular in South Bend. So they were eating there while I was chatting back and forth. I was like, all right, guys, when you get back, you've got to let me know about uh, the clinic, some of the things that uh, that they've learned. And for the grand finale, let me know about the restaurant, of course. Yes, absolutely. Because, well, uh, you know, if I'm going to go to a clinic in South Bend, I want to make sure I'm get the proper nutrition, you know, when I'm not at the clinic. So. Well, it's funny is because I, I had just told, just finished uh, having a conversation with James McNally, and uh, one of the things that I've been going back and forth around with Coach is how I could coach pain-free this upcoming year. I'm really having a lot of problems with my knees. <laughs> Boy, does he set me straight. He goes, well, you got to lose weight. <laughs> You're too heavy. Besides that, McNally, <laughs> come on now, you know, and, you know, any any kid out of eighth grade could have said that. I mean, come on, <laughs> coach, help me out. <laughs> so he told me you got to lose weight and you got to stretch more, and and I, I've been trying to do that, cutting down a little bit, and uh, you know, hopefully. So I tell I, I told Chuck, I said, yeah, uh, McNally's just beating me up about uh, how fat I am. Yeah, tell McNally to pick on someone his own size. You know what I mean? <laughs> Gee, wait, what a bully. He goes, you're telling me this as I'm sitting here at Legend scarfing down a big cheeseburger. I'm like, oh yeah, great. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, looking forward to that. And as I mentioned, we have a, a clinic coming up on April the 22nd that I, uh, myself, Ray Turpin, of uh, president of NASA, that we put together. And uh, Mouse McNally will be our featured speaker. We're also going to hear from Rob Curran and uh, Ken Stolt uh, talk about Heads Up Football. Uh, we got a lot. This is going to be a great clinic, and I'm looking forward to it. And we're now we're in the – if you uh, you weren't here last week, but Tony Serace – a head trainer was here, and we we're talking about uh, another clinic that we want to do, and this way have the coaches get the trainer's perspective. That's a big part of getting certified now, is knowing uh, you know CPR, knowing what to do with uh, heat exhaustion, heat stroke, and obviously concussion protocol. So a lot of this stuff is very important for coaches to get in, and I want to have uh, Tony speak to uh, the NASA coaches. And, you know, some of you other leagues out there, you guys could do the same thing too. You get these guys, have your own clinics. You know, and it, and it got me going because we were talking one day with Sean Brusso, and I was asking him last year, I said, Sean, you know, when I was coaching in the 90s, there was coaching clinics for youth coaches. Uh, who are some of the coaches, coaches clinics? going? He goes, there really aren't any. Are you kidding me? So they kind of, you know, fell off, and I thought, well, you know, we got to bring this back. Uh, so uh, more clinics for the youth coaches, the better, because that's the more we learn, we're able to pass on to the kids and get them ready for the high school level, and then the coaches at high school take it from there. Other than you coaches who have taken some of these, uh, you know, gone to these clinics that you uh, need as far as certification and all that, what other mer- uh, medical personnel are in attendance at your Trainers at every game. We have a trainer at every single game, and they handle it. Now, we also have... When you uh, say trainer, is this someone like a sports medicine has been yeah, through? Yeah, sports actual medicine? trainers okay. like, like Tony Serace. And we ta- spoke about 
our first game last year, our first regular season game, we were playing Pendleton at our home field on Buffalo Avenue, and temperatures were in the 90s. Then when you're on artificial surface, the temperatures rise above 100 degrees, and we had people, you know, struggling with the heat. The kids were struggling. You know, parents were putting up tents on the sidelines to shade the kids, you know, playing constantly getting water going and even the referees were having problems that day one of the refs got sick so we talked about you know the impact that the trainers had on that day and i mean they do great work it is very important to have them out there at least i think i think every league should look into that oh absolutely because i mean you know yeah, I'm sure medical assistance is only five ten minutes away, but still five ten minutes away could mean a big difference. Especially between. when you're talking about heat stroke. Yes, uh, that your response has to be immediate. Uh, you know how to use a defibrillator. That's another thing. All the leagues have them, and there's a protocol, and every league should have a protocol of what are the steps to take. Who is the person that's going to administer it? You know. You should have a complete uh, guideline as to how you're going to handle that situation and many other situations. It should be available. The coaches should know what that procedure is. The board members should know what that procedure is. And everybody should be on the same page. Exactly. Uh, it's just, you know, it wasn't like it was 40 years ago and all no. that. Uh, so many different things. Uh, the game is so much safer now than it was when I played in the 70s. You know, you got your bell rung in the 70s. Coach told you, you know, shake it off and get back out there. That's not suck it up, happen. no. That's, that's not going to happen. Or, uh, you know, if you don't listen to me, you're not going to get a water break. That's not going to happen anymore. So it's 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 a completely different uh, uh, sport right now as far as how it's done. And it's done so much better, uh, so much uh, smarter, safer. You know, and a lot of these things, it's out there to demonstrate. Look, moms, it's safe to let your kid play football. Yeah. You know, and uh, we want to dispel the thing. You know, if you listen to the mainstream media, they'd like you to believe that there's a concussion in every play, and there's not. You know, and somebody brought up the point. He says, you know, you're not, Ronnie Lott's not out there. Exactly. Steve well, Atwater's is not that, out know, there. All these, their concerns and all that. Uh, I dare say, now I don't know what it's like in Texas and some of these other, uh, football crazy states and all that but around here i don't think there's too many uh incidents yeah you had that isolated incident about the young man at uh was it westfield about Mm -hmm. two three years ago and all that uh and even there there's speculation was it football related was it you know it was a football hit maybe that kind of triggered it but there were other things that might have happened outside of football you don't know, and for, that's why baseline testing is so important. Yes, now. you know, uh, in, in the high you school, said that I was trying to, I couldn't think of the term, but the high schools are all on board with that. You know, you have to get baseline tested before the season starts. I remember last year, one of the teams uh, had problems getting players for the first game because several kids hadn't been tested yet, and you're not going to suit up until you're tested. And the thing is. You got to understand soon. Now, we'll be at a high school football game, and all of a sudden, you know, in the top row of the other end of the field, you can hear a hit. And you know what? If you can hear the hit, it's usually pad on pad. Those are the last, and that's what you wish every hit was like. That. Yeah, there and are there are some hits. It's the quiet ones that you don't see them. You know, 
you know, all of a sudden you see a kid laying there and they're attending it to him and all that. And well, what happened? That tackle didn't seem that hard. Well, yeah, because you didn't hear the shoulder pads hitting the other shoulder pads or whatever. Those the loud ones usually are the last one you should be concerned about. You know, it, what in the last several years I've seen one real serious hit, and that was last year at uh, Riverside Field, Burgard playing Tonawanda, and Dom Prince uh, got hurt, and I knew immediately that uh it was a problem hit and I cuz I saw the way his head snapped when he uh when he made contact you know so it is going to happen I'm not saying that it's 100% safe but at the youth level at my level where I'm coaching it's safe believe me I haven't seen a serious injury in how many years that I've been coaching and that even goes back to the 90s uh, when I was at uh, Black Rock Riverside and then North Buffalo. All right, uh, we weren't able to make contact with Felice, man, and that's a shame, uh, but I'm done trying to, con- you know, I've been chasing this interview for a while. We gave it a try, Felice, but uh, didn't work out. Uh, best to you. If you want to see a cool photo gallery, go to our Facebook page or go to buffalonews.com. Harry Skull Jr. Uh, posted uh Highlights and pictures from uh, the basketball, uh, you know, tournament. Catch it out. It's pretty cool. Harry does such a great job. Hardworking photographer in Western New York. All right, when we come back from the break, Roger, the pressure's on you. All-Stars. Roger's All-Stars and girls basketball. We're going to have that and more when we come back with more Inside High School Sports. We're back. You're listening to Inside High School Sports. Tony Caligiuri along with Roger Weiss. Make sure you keep it locked right here on WGR Sports Radio 550. Sports Talk Saturday with Sal Capaccio. He's going to have Mike Ruzioni on. How cool is that? How cool is that? You know how long ago that was? Don't remind me. <laughs> hey, guys, I wasn't born yet. Oh. Uh, uh, that question was directed at Anthony, not at you, Nathan. Uh, Ten well, we years want something from you, we'll ask. Oh, by the way, and I know Mark Quell's listening right now. Uh, he, he started the other day when something goes, I want to talk about uh, school closings, and said, what did he say? Oh, back when I went, I said, oh, yeah, way back then. He goes, I can't wait to tell Roger. He was cracking up. Hey, they had some serious snow up there, uh, Anthony. Uh, you know, the snow we had uh, a week before Don't last. remind me about that. Oh, going on the thruway over right, you know, in the Utica area, all that, because uh, I had texted Markel to see if we could get together maybe for a breakfast or a lunch, whatever, not realizing that he's in Utica, which is like, 90 miles away from where I was in Albany, so it was either would have had to been on the way there or on the way back, or one of us would have had to done a lot of driving just to, you know, have a half-hour breakfast together. Well, going through that Utica area, now bearing in mind the snow plows on the thruway, when they're plowing the uh, right-hand lane, naturally they're going to uh, push the snow off to the shoulder. Mm-hmm. But when they're plow- uh, plowing the passing lane, they have to go up on the uh, median. Now, if you do that on both sides and you have a very narrow median where it's basically just enough to support a uh, guardrail, that snow could be a little bit high. Do you know going through that area, there were parts where you could not see a sedan or a coupe on the other side? Wow. I mean, if you had a pickup truck or an RV or a van, yes. But, um, my goodness, you know, where do you put all that snow? They had some serious snow down between... Uh, Syracuse and all the way to Albany. When I got in the motel, uh, 
Thursday night, the parking lot was a disaster and all that. Now, they had a little bit of a thaw Friday, and some of that stuff melted, and then they were able to plow it and all that. But they had, you know, if you think we had snow, we had nothing compared to what happened, I would say, anywhere from Rochester all the way to Albany. Wow, incredible. Lake Ontario, you know, the Lake Erie snow effects are one thing. The Lake Ontario snow effects are something else. Wanted to pass this along, uh, football coaches clinic that will be held Monday, March 27th at 7.30 at the Elks Lodge 33 Legion Parkway in Lancaster. University of Rochester offensive coordinator Corey uh, Ciccioni, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, will present the U of R inside zone game. And all youth and high school coaches are encouraged and welcome. So uh, go catch it, go check that out. For more information, you can go to our Facebook page, Inside High School Sports. You'll find the information there. And there's also a ballot on there for you to vote on coaches of the year. So check that out. Roger. Time for your all-star team. You, I mean, you cover girls basketball, you know, better than anybody I know. Uh, you're very informed. You know what's going on. You know these players. You know the teams inside out. So I really trust your judgment on this. Lay it on us. Most of them, and uh, with impact from a few people, that I get to see a few of the games that I don't get to see. I want to start out with giving you uh, my... Uh, what I take into consideration when I'm picking these teams, uh, I do not care what uh, you do or what AAU team you play for and all that. I do not take into consideration what college you are going to a year from now or two years from now. Uh, I give very little, if any, credence to what you did a year ago. I mean, just because you made second team, all Western New York a year ago, does that, that mean that you're an automatic for a second team this year? You still have to earn it. And finally, the year in school means nothing to me. I don't care whether you're a senior in high school or you're in kindergarten. If you're one of the best 15 players, you deserve to be on there. My personal opinion, and I know I'm in the minority, to me, if you have a junior and senior that are in a dead heat for um, – whatever slot you're going to put them in on the all-Western New York team, everyone says, well, you know, put it to the senior, the junior's got next year and all that. To me, I do the opposite because, in my opinion, there were more expectations out of the senior than there was out of the junior or the underclassman. Therefore, I think a tie goes to the underclassman. I know I'm in the minority, and I know most of the people disagree, but that's how I would but that's okay. This is your all-star uh, selections that you are going through, so you can have any criteria you want, Raj. Okay, again, whatever happens is what And you... if we disagree with you, we'll just yell at you. That's no, all. You know, join the club, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, again, whatever happened, it had to happen mostly on what you did for your high school team between, and I got November 28th, which I think was the Monday after Thanksgiving, uh, there might have been a game or two before then, certainly not very many, up until and including March 19th, which was the last day where uh, Panama High School got beat in the state final for the third year they were eliminated uh, by the same team. And uh, some of the players you're going to wonder, you know, they weren't top five and all that. Well, how they contributed to their team and what, you know, their team's success as a result of them, plays a lot with me. Okay. Okay. 
Having said that, I have three the top three players I have that what I would be what I would consider stone cold locks. Uh, I don't th- know how anybody could keep them out of first team all Western New York, and that would be uh, two players from Cardinal O'Hara, Corey Ann Dixon and Andy Ziegler. Andy Ziegler being a uh, repeat from a year ago. Uh, Corey Ann Dixon didn't make the top twenty a year ago. I'm still wondering how that happened. And Claire Wanzer from Amherst. Out of those three, any one of them could be Player of the Year. Corey Ann was named Player of the Year in Monsignor Martin. Now, having said that, I'm guessing it was how she performed in games that were strictly Monsignor Martin games. You know, I questioned Nick uh, O'Neill, the coach of their. Uh, I says, you know, the games I went at, I would Corey uh, was definitely the uh, better uh, player. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? And he says, yeah, but you know what? Those games, we had a lot of games downstate and, uh, you know, against the top teams in the state. And that's where Andia really showed her stuff and all that. Andia, uh, and I love the girl. She strikes me as a, she's going to Canisius, by the way. Uh, strikes me as the kind of girl that, you know, is not all that crazy about playing games where it's over midway through the first quarter. If you get my dream. And with Cardinal O'Hara with some of the games, that's how it was. Uh, she's uh, plays up to the competition, and I don't know if you can hold that against her and all that. I notice, again, she would be content to let her teammates have uh, a good old time against some of these teams. Now, in the two games that I saw her play against Sacred Heart, it was a different story. All of a sudden, she looked like she was interested in what she was doing. So, I don't know if that's a strike against her or not. See, I would consider it a strike against because you're not giving it your all all the time. And I don't care who you're playing. You've got to give it your all when you're out there. Yeah, but she's so fluid and all that. It looks like she's not. And again, again, and I may be... Yeah, and she may be doing it, it, but I'm just going upon the way you are describing it because I didn't see her play, so I can't. uh, And and again, I didn't. I only the only game I saw her, uh, or I would have seen her against, was against Jamesville Dewitt, and she had to sit out that game. And that's another thing that might have been against her. She had an injury on her shooting hand and probably missed three, four games. So that may have been another reason why maybe they thought Corey Ann rather than Andia would be Player of the Year. Having I, having said that argument between the two of them, I think the person I'm going to pick uh, for uh, my choice for player of the year would be uh, Claire Wanzer from Amherst. Okay. Claire Wanzer, I have not seen a girl who had such an impact on her teammates. Made Her presence made her teammates better. I haven't seen that. Last time I saw that in a player that really stood out would have been Corinne, Corinne Genovese back at uh, Will North. Six years ago, give me a break. And uh, better, the best I ever saw at that was Joel Conley from uh, uh, Pioneer, and we're going back nine and ten years. I mean, these people made their their teammates were better just because of what they contributed on the court. We heard a lot about how Amherst did this year with uh, Emma Klein and uh, Claire's younger sister Ellie Wanzer, both eighth graders who had really good years for Amherst. Well, I think a lot of that had to do with Claire's presence on the court. She was a leader. She averaged close to 20. She could have probably averaged 30 without even blinking an eye, but she was more content with making her teammates better, and she did. 
And uh, for that reason, I'm picking her as my choice for player of the year. If you picked either Andia or Corey Ann Dixon, I would not have a problem with that whatsoever. After that, it gets a little pick and choose now. You know, there's a lot of could-bes. Who should I pick? Who should I not pick? And I know I'm going to hear about this, but uh, what I'm what I did, and believe me, neither one of these would be top five players in Western New York by any stretch of the imagination. However, because of the success of their teams, and there are so many that I could fill in the next twelve slots to pick the top fifteen girls in Western New York. Uh, the reason I did it was a success for their teams. Therefore, my other two first-teamers this year would be Hannah Seibert from Fredonia. Her team went to the state semis. She was the best player on that team, although her teammates were big contributors to that. But Hannah was the go-to girl on that. And uh, I'm going to pick a ninth grader from uh, Panama, Natalie Angelini. The Panama Lady Panthers in the last three years have lost Two years ago in the state semifinal, a year ago and this year in the state final to Hovelton, the same team who has this girl, Paige McCormick, who is going to UMass and they're going to play in the Atlantic 10. She's the main reason why uh, Panama may not be three-time state champions. That's how good they are. And again, I would not pick these two in the top 15, but for that reason, I'm going to pick them as uh, my my first team uh, girl, all Western New Yorkers. All right, Roger, we're going to pick your brain for more after the break. You're listening to Inside High School Sports. We're back. One last segment. Sal Capaccio takes the airwaves with Sports Talk Saturday. Looking forward to his interview with Mike Aruzioni. I think that's pretty cool. Uh, one more thing before uh, we get uh, back to Roger. I want to promote next week Bob Carnavelli will be on, and we are going to talk about the Butler-Mitchell Silver Hoops Classic that is going to be April the 8th at the Gray BR School. We will see if we can get our buddy Earl Schunk to come in as well. That's always a big, uh, big classic and something that basketball fans look forward to every year. Yeah, and uh, for the first time in about three or four years, it doesn't conflict with uh, going downstate. Right, uh, I was thinking about that. I haven't been there in got to be a good three, four years, so uh, I'm looking forward to that once again. All right, Raj, back to your All-Stars. Okay, second team, and I'm going to go through this real fast because I want to acknowledge everybody that uh, all the way down to my honorable mentions. My second team would be Amari DeBerry, an eighth grader from Will South. Uh, brilliant future for her. Uh, Ray, uh Rachel Senek from Wilson, Danielle Haskell from Franklinville, Sarah Pfeiffer from Olean, and uh, this one I'm going to hear about because I'm going to be accused of being a homer, Kate Villarini from Hamburg. Uh, Kate Villarini almost single-handedly took Hamburg to the Class A1 final and gave Will South all they could handle Uh Amari DeBerry, what can we say about her? Her future is really looking brilliant. Sarah Pfeiffer at Olean. Uh, boy, could she, well, boy, when she's on, give her the ball and stay out of her way. Danielle Haskell at Franklinville, only a ninth grader, looking very good for the Franklinville for the future. Downside is they got to go through Panama if they want to get beyond, uh, uh, section six into the far west regionals. And, uh, uh, again, Kate Villarini. 
my third team, Rayanne White from Lakeshore. And the reason I pick Rayanne, she is arguably the best player on what many people still feel the best uh, large school in western New York outside of Cardinal O'Hara. Uh, this is another tribute to uh, Claire Wanzer and Amherst. Amherst knocked off uh, Lake Shore, which was a big win. Uh, Gabby Ayulcalano from Frewsburg. I could have picked any one of three girls from Frewsburg. She was their leading scorer. I picked her. They went to the. They won the uh, Class C, uh, C one championship and the overall championship as well in Class C. Uh, See, uh, Emma Brinker, I was wondering on here, Tony, I'm not sure when exactly someone, some player's season ends because of an injury, how early do you still take into consideration what her accomplishments were? Uh, a year ago, I know the news picked uh, Katie Ryan in the top three teams from Sacred Heart after she, even though she tore out a ACL in January. For that reason, I put uh, Emma Brinker on there. And uh, Tess Bogosh from uh, Depew, real good future. Slow start this year. She was coming off. She had a little hitch in her giddy-up. I don't remember. I think it was the ankle. So it took her a while. Then she was missed three games because she was on uh, con- concussion protocol. By the end of the year, she was playing real well. Had she been able to play the whole year, I'm sure she would have moved up at least to the second team and all that. Um, Marissa Hamilton from... Uh, Ellicottville, uh, problem with Ellicottville, they were in a very tough uh, classification between Panama and Franklinville. But uh, Marissa, I just believe uh, earned, she averaged, oh, I don't know, it's between 15 and 20. I don't have the exact numbers. And uh, Kendall Mills from uh, Kenmore East, best player and easily the best team in the Niagara Frontier League, which I, which I thought was not the strongest there. But uh, – uh, Kendall Mills, again, the best player on that team. Quickly, and I'm just going to give us names and schools uh, for honorable mention, Ella Rose Eckert at Clarence, Claire Krishka at Frontier, Sam Fisher at Orchard Park, Zaria McCullough-Will South, uh, Aviance Clark uh, from uh, Depew, Alexis Campbell from Buffalo Arts, Janae Brown from Medina, Gabby McDuffie from Olmstead. Sydney Turley from Cleve Hill, Tashawnee Cornfield from uh, Lakeshore, Allie Haskell from Franklinville, Estelle Anderson from Buffalo East, and if that name's familiar, it's her brother, who's uh, probably the leading scorer in the Yale Cup this year, Katie Blanchard from uh, Frewsburg, Cassidy Slocum from Holland, Kayla Newman from Wilson, Jennifer Grimm from Sacred Heart Academy, Boy, uh, if I don't know where Sacred Heart would have been if Immaculata didn't close this year. What a fine they were for Sacred Heart. Megan Murphy from Mount St. Mary's. Nia Carver from Tapestry. Morgan Davis from Allegheny Limestone. Jasmine Rose from Health Science. Uh, Paige Jamborski from Newfane. Caroline Zangi from St. Mary's of Lancaster. Some of these girls I read late were in the top five scores in Western New York. I felt they at least had to be acknowledged as such. Hope I did okay. I hope I didn't leave anybody out. I know I probably did, but uh, 
Uh, again, I like my top five. Claire Wanzer, Corey Ann Dixon, Andy Ziegler, uh, Tana Seibart, and Natalie Angeletti. Well done, Roger. Well I done. I hope so, Anthony. All right. We're going to call it a day. Sal Capaccio's coming up next. Don't forget, next week we'll have Bob Carnavelli on, and we're going to preview the Butler-Mitchell Silver Hoops All-Star Game that will be held April the 8th at the Gray Bayard School. So make sure you check that out. We'll be back next week. Have a great weekend, everybody. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 